like Germany when it was two different Germanys? East and West? Yeah. Uh, during what time period? During the time period that it was East and West. Hi, I'm John, and I don't know much about Germany. And I'm John, and my album's going to go double platinum. And I'm not John, this is Wood John, rather. You know the drill by now, but just in case you don't, I ask them questions, and they answer. Pretty simple, really, wouldn't you agree? Um, was, was that a question? I think it was rhetorical. I was, I was kind of asking you two, because the audience can't respond in the past. Oh, well then, uh, I'd rather it was no. Um, okay. I, would, I would prefer it was a yes. Ah, John wins. Boom. Anyway, as you can tell, we're off to a fantastic start here, folks. I will, I will I'll try and uh, get the energy flowing. I just had a lecture on what Germany might be called or could have been called in the distant past. And, not by um, me. No, not by John, by the other John. And he didn't Pro- really seem to know what he was saying himself. Because he kept finishing sentence with "I think" or "I'm not really sure." So, if you could educate John, um, you know his Twitter handle, and we'll we'll review it later on. But if you could educate him on Germany, that would be brilliant. So that, I mean, we we knew we knew what he, what he was trying to say, but he didn't seem too sure of himself. So kept bubbling on about Prussia being in Russia for some reason. So anyway, John's, let's dive right in. Would you rather? Live in East or West Germany. <laughs> West no. Germany. God damn. No, stop hijacking the question. We've <laughs> <laughs> spoken about Germany enough. Um, would you rather listen to music that moves you or music that makes you move? Music that makes me move because I reckon if I listen to move, music that moved me, I'm trying to be driving along in the car quite happily and then... Beethoven's something or other symphony would come on and I'd be moved to tears because it's such a beautiful piece and you'd all laugh at me. I'll be in your car in this illusion. Yeah, or you wouldn't have to be in the car and my wife would see me and she'd just say, man up, and next time we were in conversation, she'd go, you never guess what my fucking blubbering husband got up to. Beethoven came on again. He just turned into this gelatinous mass of tears. What a fucking puff. Yeah, but because you my t- wife's like caring. You could turn that around and say, but haven't you seen the film and pretend you're talking about the film? Because that is, you know, a tearjerker. And then she put you straight or put me straight and then told me to stop covering. Yeah, but that's where you get a smoke bomb like a magician. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather listen to music that, that moves me. I'm not a very good dancer. Uh, so I think it's better that the music moves me emotionally rather than me moving physically to it and there's there's more to you know music that moves you doesn't just have to bring you to tears sometimes it can bring you a smile to your face or you know that that teenage angst that you had bottled up inside of you for 18 years and you know it it's um there's there's a wide array of emotions is what I'm trying to say. And <laughs> how many how many of those emotions did you display when we saw Dillinger? Uh, all of them, all at oh, once. Maya. Sadness. Because I I saw there was a lot Sadness of pushing that and shoving and general moshing and having a good time. 
I was I was reading your body language and it says this this is good shit. I didn't look at your face and go, oh, John looks like he's trapped in a lift with a fart. Oh no, wait, no, that's concentration. I I don't even know. Such a complex musical arrangement, I don't believe can be expressed just via facial features. And the uh, the array of what what I saw going down at Diddlinger, for example, because we were all there with a bit of windmilling, bit of uh, bit of high knees. Bit of bit of a uh, bit of a circle pit, you know. It's all good stuff. It all displays how you feel without having to go into Louis Spencer interpretive dance. And I much I much rather like bang my head listening to some good tunes or maybe a foot tap than uh, try and be Patrick Stewart and have the uh, facial emotional range of of such a classically trained thespian. Well, he doesn't have to display the emotion. So he can no. just sit there being a robot, feeling things. Yeah, some some people keep their emotions very deep, deep inside, buried down, down, further down. Yeah, I think that's fair. Some people like to, don't like to display their emotions. Like, for example, crying in your car while listening to music from a dog film, in case your wife mocks you. Exactly, no one wants that. Doesn't mean you can't feel the emotions. <laughs> You feel things about it. Is everything okay, John? Yeah. Do you need to? No, the other John. <laughs> sounds sounds like he just wants a good cry, and no one will let him. It's it's okay. I don't want to cry. It's 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 called man quality. You you're allowed emotions too. I'm going to go see Canterbats with our uh, good friend Mikey D in Cambridge. We're going to go in February, and I'm just going to do a flying psychic in someone, and then windmill because. That's all the emotional display I need. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Any more on the matter, John? Solid counter-argument, I have, to, <laughs> I have to say. You know, I think there's, there's just more, there is more to music than, than just windmilling and bashing someone's head in with, uh, with your fists. But even in even that, I think, wouldn't be possible if music wasn't properly moving you. You know, I think it's the the built up build up of energy. The it might you might even be angry listening to it. You might that's that's what drives you to throw your your arms around and go wild in your in your old mosh pits. It's it's that it's that emotion that it's what drives you. Um, so when when you listen to all the single ladies, what what do you feel? What's moving you? It's moving uh, but... me to somewhere where it's not playing. <laughs> <laughs> See, then you need physical movement, and I'd be moving away from all the single ladies. You have to but just sit I there could... and think about your own single existence. Can Can I also, <laughs> as a lady, <laughs> or, or lack thereof? <laughs> I, I I've never met the man that's put a ring on your finger because he doesn't exist. But mate, maybe John could be crying because he could be thinking back to when his wife was a single lady and before he, you know, made her life so much better and just worth being around a thousandfold by introducing him into her life. What I'm hearing is is moving you just move to crying. No, I think I think you know <laughs> that is what I want to do when I hear single ladies. I'm quite an emotionally stable person, but I need a good cry every now and again. I just don't. I don't want to do an ugly cry around my mates. That's for your sake rather than mine. 
You should try it sometime. What's he doing? Oh no, look at his face. Oh god. I think I I think you're doing us a disservice as your friends. I don't think we've ever mocked you if we've ever seen you upset. I'm and not I do gonna... cry. <laughs> I I I I don't think I've ever mocked you for crying. It's probably had a good reason, not because they listen to Beyonce. Uh, I mean, d- music can also take you back to different times in your life. Like the Roaring Twenties. Well, I wasn't alive in the Twenties, but it'd be great if I could remember the Twenties just by listening to music. But I think, you know... Oh, the... back, back before Germany was split in two. <laughs> yeah. Back during the good old days of the Weimar Republic. When, you're all, when all you want to do is jive, because that's what the music makes you want to do. Yeah. Come on, John. Just to imagine how good driving would have been. Hang out with those flappers. With listen, listening to a bit, of, listening to a bit of Glenn Miller. Yeah, why not? Yeah. But everybody's got those those times in their life. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's quite difficult to trudge up memories and really appreciate them. And I think sometimes music can can do that. It's kind of subconsciously it can bring up those memories that you know were perhaps buried underneath a layer of knowledge about Prussia and Saxony and Bavaria and and really pull pull it out and help you appreciate the good times that you had maybe with people that aren't around anymore you know that's that's the power of music I think it can it can do that do you know what I've got a memory of is the three of us at download doing the Macarena to enter Shikari when they were cool and not political music that makes you want to move and how does that make you feel when you hear that song and it reminds you of that moment? Exactly. Well, it's the memory that makes me feel proud of what we did. Not the actual music itself. The music mm-hmm. made me want to Macarena. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> no, I think it was Matt. I think it was you that just shouted, guys, next song, we do the Macarena. We opened up a massive circle pit and everyone else was like, oh my god, shit's going to go down. And then we just did the Macarena. And everyone joined in. Everyone joined in and we had lots of room. Lots of room for elbows and hips turning. It was very good. It was very good. I get. I guess it. it's difficult because one feeds into the other. And yeah, because you can listen to the music and... We could also turn this on its head. You said music that moves you. Maybe we just turned up the bass really, really loud and it's vibrating us out of our seats. Nothing wrong with loud bass. Absolutely not. I'm glad we're both agreed on that. Well, if you're just trying to like chill out in bed with some music on in the background and it gets turned on, but it makes you move, and so you have to like start walking around the room. You can't just be still listening to it. Oh. Why do you always change your goalposts when I'm like close to winning? You weren't close to winning. <laughs> I've always been closer to winning than you. No, not this time. Shut up and go listen to Beyonce. <laughs> I think I think I'm going to call it for the emotions. I'm going to go back to a classic with John Rather, back to about eight months ago when I used to make my decisions based on absolutely nothing. But I think what we forget, we, we picked out some quite specific music. It was essentially Dillinger Escape Plan, Enter Shikari and Beyonce. But the problem is there's a lot of music that's good that you just can't really dance to. And... There's also a lot of music out there that doesn't make you feel anything. And you'd struggle to find a depth or an emotion or something to go with it. 
There's a lot of it that's just wadding to go in the charts. Okay, so I, really ter- moving pieces though. I, they genuinely are. But there's also a lot that are just generated by a guy with a keyboard and a drum machine to make money. Okay, tell you what, John, name me five songs. Try and keep them ones that I will have heard of, and I okay. will tell you the emotion that I think I'd feel. And if I can't think of an emotion pretty damn sharp, I'll give you the win. Because I think every song I hear would convey some form of emotion with me. Okay. Uh, what is it? Something rather 4,000. Zombie Nation. What does that make you feel? I have no idea what you're talking about. So confu- re- confu- confusion. <laughs> confusion. <laughs> Hold on. Right, let, me get, let, let me get Spotify up. Let me just have a quick flip through. Through my random playlist for holiday. R- uh, r- riveting podcast stuff you looking on Spotify <laughs> talking we're talking about music and no one can listen to it I think I was just getting I a playlist up so I could I could pick some really unbiased tunes <laughs> oh no I know it's, it's my fault that I uh, asked this question next week folks we all read a book on this podcast but in our heads <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're actually I, I think you're missing the point not every song even has to convey an emotion even if it doesn't the, the question was would you rather listen to that or something that makes you move ride with or me by nelly the... what how does that make you feel nostalgic mama do the hump by rizzle kicks oh, it makes me jittery like antsy uh, gold digger by kanye west oh that just makes me happy uh malibu by Miley cyrus uh, confusion LDM by Lily Allen. Disappointment. No, sort of... Um, Leave Lily Allen alone, you bastard. I really like <laughs> Lily Allen. See, that, Lily Allen just reminds me of when a very, the very first thing I listened to when I moved in. Sat on my sound system. I said to my mum, what should we listen to while we unpack the car? Very first year. And she went, let's listen to Lily Allen. And I remember going, well, this is how my new housemates are going to judge me for the very first time. And... I really enjoyed it. So every time I hear Lily Allen, I think of that moment and it was just full of excitement and wonder of, oh my God, I'm a student. I did it. And I dropped out three months later, but we glossed over that bit. Okay. Um, Fireball by Pitbull. Come on, just let it go. Let me win. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go. I'd rather listen to music that makes me feel emotion because I don't really dance that much anymore. And most of the time when I do dance, it's kind of because I'm forced to. I've changed. I have changed. I don't. I don't even mosh anymore. I like. I don't to, even know you anymore. I like to stand at the back and appreciate the music for what it is. I think that's what it's about. And you're telling me that coming soon, DJ Kling film when he releases his uh, it's easy to rock a rhyme rhyme. You're not going to be filled with more emotion than urge to dance. I'm going to be tapping some feet, mate. <laughs> <laughs> And that'll be an interesting tap to just see how in time it's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be perfectly in time because I'm still trying to uh, do the drums for it. Amazing. For anyone that uh, was paying attention last week, we are in the process of putting this together. John is slowly learning the song. I've written the song. John's producing the beats. And when we finally got it all together, I'll edit it together to make sure that it's lis- listenable to. In time. Yeah. Well, that was an extremely disappointing question, which I thought was going to be quite good, so I can only apologise. Shall we uh, do Twitters and pretend like it didn't happen? Yeah, yeah, can do. If you want to contact me, I am at John Would Rather. 
no H's because H's for harder and why try harder when you can work smarter. And you can contact me uh, through test tubes. And I'm not even going to ask this week. I'm just not. I'm going to tell you that you can tweet at the main account at WoodJRather and tell us, do you prefer to feel things or do you prefer to move things? (laughs) Are you a human or are you a forklift? (laughs) Something that doesn't feel and that lifts stuff and moves stuff. Well, there we go. Now all of the people who think the forklift are people too aren't fans of us anymore. Forklift is not a gender. <laughs> it's a way of life. <laughs> that is the hill on which I will die. Forklift is not a gender. I just wish sometimes people would look past the fork and see me for who I really am. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to start creating thumbnails on Instagram again because I I need to for that (laughs) fantastic so are you ready for question two I think we should Twitters again because that was the best bit of the show so far (laughs) we'll just keep telling people our Twitters and just keep comparing genders to machinery maybe we can find out what this test tube nonsense is about no I you know what I don't want to know after just trying to ask a simple question about Germany, I'm worried what the explanation of that's going to be. So, would you rather dine with Hannibal Lecter or cook with Hannibal Lecter? <laughs> I'd I'd rather dine with Hannibal Lecter. Um, one of my favourite joints, roast joints, is uh, pork, and I hear that. Human tastes a bit like pork. <laughs> who, so, uh, who, who from? Hey? Who from? Or who did I hear that pork tastes like human? Yeah. Well, that, you it from that, the internet. From, from the guy that eats people. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think... If we can find some willing participants, I think that would just be better than being eaten. Nobody said anything about being eaten. Yeah, but he'll get carried away, and then you'll you'll end up in the stew. <laughs> I think putting a human into a stew would just be a waste of human. I'm not tough enough to be in a stew. I reckon I'm pretty tender. <laughs> For dinner tonight, <laughs> is, is Paul to John anyone? Barbecue pulled, John? Does Han ever let's have to pull me off before he serves me? Oh. That's getting cut out. That's horrible. I don't know even uh, why I said that. Me neither. Oh, there's nothing worse than imagining you being cooked in your own juices. <laughs> in, my, in my own brine. <laughs> oh, glazed yourself. That's why I'd rather cook with him, because I need all my limbs and all my organs to be able to stand next to him and learn how to... Uh, to get some real genuine baby ribs cooked properly. And anyway, I've, I've already declared my, my love for, for cooking because my wife doesn't. Doesn't love your cooking? Well, that doesn't cook. It's always well. me. <laughs> so yeah, I could, I could learn stuff because it's, it's all fancy stuff. It's all really good fundamentals. He's a very, very good chef. The fact he uses human beings and people don't realise is, uh, is, a, is a tribute to how, to how good he is. Hmm? 
I think I'd be more scared about cooking with Gordon Ramsay. I think he might like proverbially bite my head off, not physically, because it's impossible. And what what sort of sous chef are you if you haven't got two hands and a brain to be able to assist the head chef with? <laughs> Even if it is his ingredients. <laughs> You are the ingredients. I'm not the ingredients. You are. No, I'm not. Doesn't matter how many times you say that you're not. Hannibal Lecter is not somebody who you can really trust. Right. And would you trust him not not for him to cook you and feed you to yourself? Well, if he's already made dinner and I'm just dining with him. Have you seen the films? He's he's full up. Have have you seen the series? Have have you eaten with me? I'll fill his plate up so big. I'm, so I'm not going to lie, I've not read the books, but there is a series of an adaptation of the books where he's got the character, I can't remember his name, but he's played by Eddie Izzard. And eventually he's just chopping limbs off Eddie Izzard because Eddie Izzard has pretended to be the um, uh, Minnesota Shrike, uh, which is what they called Hannibal Lecter because he was uh, removing organs and dismembering people, etc, etc. Um, and Hannibal was offended because that was him, so he was cutting limbs off of Eddie Izzard and then feeding them to him. Yeah, isn't there a... I can't, it's, it's definitely in the book. One of the films, he cuts up someone's brain while, while, he's, he's still, while he's still alive and feeds it to him, yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're cooking with him or you're eating with him. You could be on the menu either way. If I'm going to die and be eaten, I, you know, if I'm not going to be eaten, I might as well try and learn something in the kitchen first. Hmm, both very interesting points. I mean, I guess for me, the way I thought it would go is if you're cooking with Hannibal Lecter, you're probably cooking people. If you're dining with Hannibal Lecter, you're probably eating people. Chef's perks, I'm going to have a little nibble on the side to make sure uh, everything's all right. So I'll uh, I'll be eating people and cooking people. Oh, OK, so you've gone for the full experience. Yeah. Oh, okay, I imagine so he's like, uh, he's like a, a celebrity chef and he, he'll show you how to cook things properly. And then you can have a little morsel on the side to go, oh, yes, I've cooked that very nicely. Okay. And then well, I can add that to my uh, like list of things that I've eaten. <laughs> I'm going to try and get panda and swan on there one day just to upset some vegans. Yeah, you've already had vol. Vol? Vol's vol on the list. Red Snapper's really good. I really like Red Snapper. No. Not a fan. I'd rather have human than fish. How would you feel about mermaid? Well, I won't know until I've tried it. That's, you know, I'm, I'll try anything twice. <laughs> okay, well this has taken a weird turn. I thought it would be more uh, met with disgust as to, oh, I don't particularly want to cook people, but I don't particularly want to eat people either. But it was actually, oh, now that you're telling me that I'm not going to be the one that's being eaten, I'm I'm fine with eating. Both with it. Yeah, both absolutely <laughs> fine with eating someone. Um, fair enough. Given the opportunity, wouldn't you try human? Oh, God, yes, but I thought I was a bit more unhinged than both of you. This podcast does weird stuff to you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, I'm, um, I'm not going to. Let's just, just, just clarify that, just for anyone that's curious. I don't intend on eating anybody. With some nice fava beans. <laughs> anyway I'm a little bit worried we, we could... might be incriminating ourselves we might be putting it out on the internet if one of us mysteriously disappears there's a lot of evidence to suggest that the other two have murdered them off and eaten them yeah I'm, I'm, 
I'm gonna go with I you. I do John. wish we could chat longer, but I, I'm having an old old friend for dinner. I'm going to uh, call it with John just because you you both made it weird, and at least with John cooking, he's been a bit more ambitious rather than just I'm gaining a life skill. The more you know. <laughs> And as well, as well, if you're cooking and you try some human and you don't like it, at least you you're safe in the knowledge that okay, sorted. But you couldn't, you know, leave a lot of food on your plate if you went round for dinner. That'd just be rude, and you might not enjoy it. It all depends on the person. I think personality would come out a lot in the taste. Oh, you are what you eat. Yeah. I'm oh, just trying to think of a pun for that. Not to, to be honest, I was wondering what you two and I would taste like. I'm I a little bit worried that I think if all of us got stranded in the woods, I'd be the first one to be eaten. Who who do you think would taste the best out of the three of us? Mm, I've got to say, I do think it would be John. <laughs> Thanks. I just, I, I just do. So you're pre-smoked and John is pre-marinated. Whereas I'm, I'm free range in the countryside. Well, you said you were tender. <laughs> yeah, I did. Ah. Yeah, I, I'd be like a smoked jerky, or like <laughs> a cure. I'd be like a cured meat myself. I'd, I'd essentially be pepperoni, I think. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. Whereas, whereas John, I think John would be a bit more gamey, like a hare or a rabbit. Yeah. A pheasant that's already soaked in brandy. Wait, which John are you talking about now? You. You, yeah. Not me. Okay. Well, I just yeah. think, because you're quite muscular, so I think you'd be quite... Yeah, I can imagine you tasting a bit like rabbit. Cool. I've drawn a rabbit while we've been on the on the podcast. Oh. I'm a bit scared to <laughs> what you think I'd taste like. I think you'd taste like Wagyu beef. Oh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said about me. <laughs> <laughs> If we if we ever do merch, that's the first T-shirt. I taste like Wagyu beef. <laughs> oh, I bet I bet you wish you thought of that years ago. Imagine how smooth the chatter blind that would have been. I taste like Wagyu beef. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. <sighs> wow. Okay. John's not lying. That's a picture of a rabbit. It's <laughs> got goat eyes and a tomahawk, but. That's a rabbit. Oh, has John sent us a photo in the chat? Yeah. Yeah, that that looks like the rabbit from Donnie Darko holding a tomahawk. Yeah, if you taste like that rabbit, I wouldn't eat it. Please, uh, please tweet that out so anyone that's listening can know what the fuck it is we're talking about. Um, well, I have to say, after what I was hoping was going to be two interesting questions, weren't that interesting, but led to two things that made me laugh very hard. <laughs> So it was worth it in the end, folks. The uh, the journey's about the destination, not what you do on the way there. So hopefully my final awful question is going to be better. It's Christmas soon. In fact, when this goes live, it'll be Christmas in pretty much a week. So would you rather re- decorate with tinsel or bunting? Bunting. I'm so glad you said that. Fucking tinsel's way better. Why? Because it is. Oh, right, okay, well, John wins then. 
it is it is like the <laughs> definition of Christmas. You've got bunting for for what your your jubilee and your garden party is a bit hoity toity. Fucking tinsel is brilliant because it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, everyone's got tinsel. Um We haven't got any tinsel in the hotel. I went shopping with one of the girls, I was the money and tried to keep her reined in and she was the one who loves Christmas. And twice I picked up tinsel and said, you got to have tinsel for Christmas. And she went, I hate tinsel. And we weren't allowed to buy any. Well, then you should definitely stick with me because you were, unfortunately, let down by your staff. Who's to say that I like tinsel? Well, you should. Tinsel's awesome. I'm, I'm staring at tinsel right now. It's making me so happy. <laughs> it, is, it is like one of the defining things of Christmas is having tinsel. You don't have tinsel any other time of the year. Bunting is just generic celebration. And some people get really hoity-toity about it. And like, oh, it's handmade. Oh, look, oh, look, I spent hours doing it. And you look at it, it's just some gingham cloth in a fucking triangle. And then there's other people that buy it and it looks amazing. But then you find out how much it costs. Tinsel is not expensive. That's one of the wonderful things about it. You can throw it at anything and it becomes Christmassy. Even your mundane things in life. We, we put it all over the, our banisters one year because we had too much of it. Um, and it made the hallway look Christmassy. I never think, I never thought you could make a hallway look Christmassy. Throw enough tinsel at anything and it makes everything brilliant. It is the most fabulous version of string you can ever imagine. <laughs> Who does not want a bit of fabulousness in their lives? A bit of flamboyance, a bit of glamour, and actually it's quite cheap and affordable. I think I think you've been going to, to the wrong shop. Uh, I've wrong bunting shop. Emotional attachment. I've got a strong emotional attachment to bunting because uh, when I got married, uh, my grandma made us bunting with her own fair hand. Don't and don't play the grandma bunting card, John. That's out of order. Yeah, you you you, you always made... do this. You always play the grandma bunting cards. And um, you know, we we put it up. It was not expensive we just bought we bought the materials we bought the the long the long string that it all gets sewn onto and you, and managed, you, you got some cheap uh, arthritic labor to do it for you john you're heartless she, put, she you, and you put your nan to work well my wife was also put to work making some of it she she made she contributed and uh yeah it was a beautiful day it was probably one of it was it was one of the most beautiful spectacles I've ever seen. I mean, it was certainly the happiest day. And I can only imagine that that was down to the bunting. <laughs> okay, um, that's that's very nice, John. Um, what what other occasions have you uh, used bunting for? Well, anything. Such as? Uh, birthday parties. Mm. School fates. Mmm... You brought me back. Have you been to? I went to a lot when I was at primary school. We used to have a a stall where you could throw a, a bucket of water and it dropped on top of your teeth. Just more emotional attachment to this bunting. It's just okay. it's one of the greatest. This, we talked about be... we talked about music dragging up beautiful memories, but no, it's bunting. But is that necessarily the bunting, or is it because of, I mean, it could have been anything that oh, no, it, your grandma. It, it could have been anything that your. I did. I was there. It could have been well, anything you'll agree. that your grandmother and fiance had spent time together to create. They could have created a Trojan horse or 
squirrel earrings, or I don't know what. They could, guys... they could have they could have made tinsel, but no, they didn't. They made bunting. That's because nobody knows how tinsel is made. It's a mystery. It's magic. And you got when did you get married? August, early yeah. September, August. I thought it was. Um, yeah, Christmas and tinsel go hand in hand. Wasps and picnics and barbecues are August's thing. Weddings and bunting, yeah, okay-ish, but you can have weddings any time of year. Tinsel is exclusively Christmas. It has its purpose, and it does it fabulously. And not not John hates Christmas, but he does love hooking up with a random girl at my wedding. By the way, that <laughs> random girl's now engaged, so that boat sailed. <laughs> Didn't I hook up with two girls at your wedding? You tell me. Yes. No, no. You tried to hook up with one, and then four of us turned up and completely cock blocked you. And then you later hooked up with her anyway, despite our <laughs> best efforts. <laughs> so we, so we did. Well, not at the wedding, no. Ah. Oh. Either way, all I'm hearing is Bunting goes up, Matt gets lucky, so Bunting wins. Woo! <laughs> that was one time. Yeah, but one time record. But to be fair, the Bunting all... reminded me of the wedding and. I generally have quite a good track record at weddings. Tinsel will always be here for you, Matt, when you when you uh, realise the error of your ways. No, because tinsel happens at Christmas, and I hate Christmas. But tinsel itself is fucking awesome. Come on. It's, it's uncomfy. The first thing everyone always does when they've got tinsel is pop it round the neck, pretend it's a scarf, and it's scratchy. It's like sand, but as a string. Bun- bunting's not you- much better. You can't wear bunting in any way, shape, or form. Bunting's only can. like meters and meters long. If you got a piece of bunting that had two triangles on and put it around your waist, you'd be Adam and Eve. Exactly. I thought you were going to say it looks like you've got a shirt underneath your top that's poking out the bottom, so you've got two shirt corners. That was the picture I had in my head. No, because what is what is essentially underwear? If if you wear briefs, it's just two triangles sewn together. How big your bunting triangles? Any size you like. My grandma's making them. Or how small <laughs> is your genitals to be covered by one bit of bunting? Uh, that's, the, that's the more important question. And I never said it had to cover them. I'm glad I, I'm glad since it was lost, because I, you know, no. If that's the sort of degenerate things you do, you two do with bunting, <laughs> I don't want to be part of it. Tinsel is wholesome. Tinsel is Christmas. You, you two heathens can go and floss with or your bunting, I, I, I don't want to be part of that. I think I think it's just there's there's I I didn't take the whole fact that I hate Christmas into account because that's unfair because then it was just destined from the beginning. But what part of fabulous string didn't you get on board with? <laughs> bunting's much more ambidextrous. It can be used for so many more occasions. Like you said, tinsel is Christmas and that's it. Damn straight. I don't think you can have Christmas without tinsel. Yeah, but if, if I had the choice between two items, if I could pick between two items, one that I could use 11 twelfths of the year and the other one I could use 1 twelfth of the year, I'm going to pick the one that I use 11 twelfths of the year. I think bunting's... You know, what can you use bunting for? The same things you can use tinsel for. Decoration. It's not I've, never, to be... I've never seen bunting on a Christmas tree. I've never seen tinsel at a jubilee. <laughs> Never been to one of my jubilees. No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, never had one. Tell you what, 
at my wedding, seeing as I'm the only one to get married left out of the three of us, or try that sentence again, I'm the only one left to get married, I'll have tinsel and bunting. I'll have tinsel-coated bunting. So the triangles will be triangles of cloth with a triangle of tinsel around the edge. <laughs> Brilliant. That I'll solves everything. Yeah. Quick, guys, let's go to Dragon's Den. <laughs> are you, are you, do you prefer tinsel and don't mind bunting but are sick of tinsel only being in use once every 12 months well now presenting tunting tinsel bunting for men because tunting sounds much than binsel <laughs> binsel binsel sounds quite aggressive oh, it sounds like a herb that nobody likes sounds like a what that no one likes a herb <laughs> And then you go with your pencil. Oh, I just find it a bit too peppery. Yeah, it's not in a good way. I'm, I'm oh. getting. What's the soup today? It's a uh, tomato Gucci... and pencil. Tomato and pencil. <laughs> Waiter, <laughs> there is there appears to be a lot of strands of foil in my soup. <laughs> that would be the pencil, sir. So, are you, are you saying you don't you don't mind a bit of sparkle? I don't mind a bit of sparkle. Good, but bunting wins. Woo! And until we get this binsel business on the road. <laughs> well, folks, it's Christmas, and those were three very Christmassy, very <laughs> underwhelming questions there for you. But it did give us such classics as forklift is not a gender, John tastes like Wagyu beef, and tomato and binsel soup. So. As long as it made you chuckle three times in the last 40 minutes or however long it's been, then, you know, you won't listen to us again. So <laughs> One laugh for every 13 minutes. Yay! <laughs> it, it's been a pleasure having you all as fans. And, uh, well, we've had a good run. This has been Wood Job Rather. And I wish I'd taste like wacky beef. I, I've been John and I've not got tinselitis. I've been John, and our uh, smiles per hour have to go up from here. <laughs> Next week it's Christmas, folks. Brace yourselves. And John's asking questions. What better gift oh. could you ask for? Oh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh, look forward to being released on Christmas Eve. Some very interesting questions of which I vow now Jonathan and I will end up shouting at each other. Almost, almost certainly. Absolutely. Possibly because I've driven down to him since then and taken a chunk out of his arm because he sounds delicious. Find out next week. Bye! John,